Hello, uh, it's uh, I'm going this podcast. Uh, today, our guest is uh, Kaya Rantakari, a book binder and uh, book artist from, from Finland. Uh, hi. Hi, nice to meet you too, and thanks so much for inviting me, Stepan and Pavel. Yeah, yeah, it's great to see you here. Uh, my co-host is Pavel, I'm Stepan. Pavel is in Moscow, I'm in Leiden, at least for now. Mm. And uh, let's let's just dive in. Uh, I, I understood, uh, uh, not, not really understood, I, I, I know that I saw your works quite a long time ago, uh, and, and I, I saw your works uh, uh, over the years, and uh, uh, sort of how they changed and the, the development of the process. And uh, we wanted to invite you to discuss uh, a topic that uh, uh, surfaces from time to time on our podcast. What is a book? What makes a book a book? What isn't a book when a book isn't a book and when an object isn't a book so (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and it's a topic and and i i I guess uh uh, your works and some or some of your works uh, represent this approach to this borderline state uh, of uh, being our book or or not being a book so uh, what's what's your uh you know your approach to this uh, issue? <laughs> well, uh, in book arts, I think if the artist says this is an artist book, mm-hmm. we we owe it to the artist to at least entertain the idea that it's a book, even if it looks nothing mm-hmm. like a book. It's like um, we can uh, view any object from that angle, what if this is a book? What resembles a book in this piece? And uh, I think it's a really interesting question, but um, I think to me personally, uh, an artist book is something that requires interaction. It's an object that's made to be handled instead of a sculpture that's usually meant to be just huge, uh, so that uh, the book is an object that needs to be handled to be fully revealed. And uh, I think a book contains information. It doesn't need to be verbal or written information or even pictures. It can be I'm working on something which has sense in it, and uh, like it can be many things. This information, but mm-hmm. we get something from the piece. Uh, we maybe learn something from it, or I don't know. Uh, there are many ways to approach this information side of the idea, and uh, I think. Almost any object can be viewed from that angle that does this have page-like elements in it? Mm-hmm. Most, most things have. You know, to me personally, uh, many of, uh, of the objects you make uh, remind of medieval, late medieval handheld reliquaries. They were also uh, tactile objects. They were also uh, they uh, often had two states: closed state and open state. 
and they contained an uh, uh, an object within that or an image that conveyed certain information, certain feelings, certain certain story. And I think uh, in your case in particular, these objects are like rel reliquaries. They remind you of something that happened to you and they convey certain feelings, certain emotion. Much of your work is about emotion, not about not not just about yeah. the visual side of things. No, yeah. uh, uh, would you say it uh, has a psychoanalytic, psychological uh, <laughs> function? Uh, I I put a lot of myself into my work. Uh, I'm actually a full-time poet at the moment. Uh, and this bookbinding thing is just a side business. Uh, <laughs> and in in my poetry, I also always give something from myself to my readers and the same goes to book objects as well it's um i have this ability to capture uh an emotion or some some fragment of a certain moment in time and put it into this object to be preserved and experienced by others well it's it's not that um, this my own personal little thing is very important. It's just that it's human and we all have those things that can be uh, revisited through art created by others as well. So uh, I, I think I'm, I'm reaching the human side of art and uh, books and things like that in my work. We have shared things. I, I think this last year in particular showed us all our common humanity because wherever mm. we lived uh, uh, through this calamity, we all felt very, uh, very similar things. And I've seen a number of objects you made uh, where you reflected on uh, this uh, on this pan uh, pandemic and how, how you lived yeah. through it. Could you perhaps t uh, talk a bit about this series? Um, where to begin? <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult. Um, I think um, well, this past year has been a very lonely one. So it has uh, given me lots of time to reflect on the things that matter and how important uh, the shared time we have with others is and how fragile we are as people. And um, I think, I think, um, I made this piece. This is called The Tender Vessel. Uh, it's nothing like a book. There are these tiny hexagonal beads with letters in it. And uh, I created this like as a compass to navigate these strange times 
there are some words hit, hidden into these letters uh, that somehow resonated with, with me uh, during this uh, time of COVID. And uh, it's just like we turn to tactile things when there's no human contact. We can't touch each other, so we touch objects and uh, are tender to those when we can't show that tenderness to our loved ones who are far away or sometimes not so far away but still unreachable. And um, it has been like a year when I have shared a lot about myself personally, even more than before, because I can't really like build on the context I have with other people. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to take some selfies and put them into books and um, yeah it's, it's like you work with things you have at hand I don't know I I don't know if this answers your question at all uh, I wandered far away <laughs> what uh, was this also a project for are you book enough challenge yes. Could you, could you tell our listeners and viewers about what that is? Uh, the Are You Book Enough Challenge is a book art challenge uh, founded by Sarah Maker of Ink and All. Uh, it's a monthly challenge on Instagram where you have a specific theme for each month. So the idea is that during that month you create an artist book that relates to that theme as loosely or tightly as you want and uh, then you share maybe your process or just the finished book and tell something about it and um, look at what others have made and discuss those and like uh, connect with uh, makers and artists all around the world. I think it's been going on for I don't know how many years like five years, maybe. <laughs> it, it, it's it's happened, happened for a long time. It's a really lovely challenge. I try to take part of this most months, but sometimes I just don't have the time for it. But now I'm like pretty committed to it this month. <laughs> And I guess I guess this challenge is a good opportunity as well to uh, to explore what is a book and what isn't a yeah. book, uh, especially as it's focused on artist books and uh, experiments with uh, books and as objects. And yeah. I, 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 in the beginning, I, I asked you to sort of dive into this topic, and you did it absolutely amazing <laughs> and perfectly. <laughs> and you, you, you sort of replied all of the questions that were prepared. I guess I guess we will return to at least some of them, and uh, yeah. when when you'll be showing us uh, some of the objects you prepared, we'll also discuss these things once again. But uh, one thing I wanted to to reiterate is, is uh, uh, 
the textual aspects of uh, of books and uh, and uh, books that may be considered as books because uh, this is uh, something that we also discussed with some of, or some of our previous guests whether you need to have a text in a book for it to be a book or not and uh, well there are some uh, some bookbinders and book professionals who are quite strict about this and uh, but, mm -hmm. uh, at the same moment there are others who are, uh, I guess share your approach maybe not not as radical as you but, <laughs> but still and, uh, for me for me the the most beautiful thing about this is is the uh, uh, that this this spectrum exists and we can talk about it and we all can share our uh you know our opinions and our love to books in all these different ways and and create these different objects that may or not may not be considered books so what are the other uh, methods of uh, transferring the uh, information from you to the books reader or user if it's not a textual book what what are the different uh, media used to to transfer some information uh, well, illustrations and images, of course, and uh, I think materials are just as, as important, even though you can't experience them in full through Instagram or uh, photos. It's like um, I, I use a lot of unconventional materials in my artist books it brings another layer to their story that i use like um vintage fabrics or uh, found materials uh just random junk <laughs> i i put it together and it comes ours and it's a book and it also matters that these materials have a history they belong to someone and they have gone through life. I think life leaves a mark on these materials and it's not irrelevant to the finished book object that uh, it has materials that have been handled for decades or I don't know. It's, it's just important to me that it's not all about engineering uh, materials together it's bringing together layers uh, and a spectrum of like time and it definitely seems that uh, at least some of your uh, books uh, are able to to provide this information to tell the story just by the process of unfolding them or opening them or mm. you know interacting with them in some other ways because not 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 all of your books as far as i understand can be opened in in classic yeah. you know bookish way so <laughs> uh, yeah that, that's that's sort of another layer layer that uh, uh, still makes this object a book because it tells its story uh, i i i i have this uh, uh, you know, straight thought for quite quite a long time. Uh, I'm trying to every time when I listen to an audiobook, I I, I tell everybody that I read a book, and I I, I feel this conflict with uh, inside of me because I'm I'm not really reading it, but I'm I'm. I know. It, but, but then I'm sort of reading, and uh, 
but 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 then if you tell somebody that uh, you are listening to a book you need to you know do a, a, a whole long explainer about uh, that yeah that's an audio book and i usually use audio books not paper books or something like that and uh, uh, but uh, I, I, I and and your books adds much more layers to this process, and I guess <laughs> need much more explanation. <laughs> yes, uh, they they are uh, tactile in a way that cannot really be captured through photos fully, and um, I also. As, as a poet, a published author, I have ideas about audiobooks and whether or not they're great stuff or not. It's like they have their purpose and I really love it. And I listen to books a lot, but uh, books as objects are more than the words on their pages. And it's really difficult to like uh, pinpoint what it is that makes the book format as special as it is and uh, then when i make my books these artist books it's like what am i doing here how do i explain this i know this is important but uh, i don't have the words to fully explain why it is important that you play along with me when i say this is a book mm -hmm. I have to say, I, f I find it rather ironic that you, a poet of all people, don't put words in many of your books. I mean, it is a bit strange, you have to agree. <laughs> I, I think it has a lot to do with the language because uh, I want to finish and uh, I don't really the artist books for the Finnish audience because it's like this tiny and uh, all my bookbinder friends are from across the globe instead of Finland. <laughs> so it's like, uh, I want to do work that is experienced by as many people as possible. So uh, when I put words into my artist books, they tend to be in English. And uh, well, sometimes I use it's a Finnish, but I think um, sometimes it's just the visual things that make the book like you you feel it in your heart instead of thinking it with your brain and uh, trying to understand what the words are. And people are always uh, struggling with poetry. They say, oh, I don't understand poetry. It's so difficult. What do you mean when you say this? And like, I'm saying what I'm saying, just take it as it comes to you. I'm not going to uh, find you if you don't understand it the way I wrote it. <laughs> you, uh, but you do sometimes bind your own poetry, right? Very, very rarely. How does that work? When you have a text that is so close, so important for you, uh, how do you choose the design? I mean, uh, uh, those that I've seen in, uh, on your blog tend to be very abstract. I, I think, well, I've, I've done this book. Uh, this is 
uh, a poetry book published in 2018, written by me. And uh, this is one of the few times I've actually found my own book. Uh, and um, this was also done as a part of the Are You Book Enough Challenge, just for the sake of it. Uh, the theme was C, and this book is called Kokromeren Laius, which is like the whole of the sea or thing translated. And uh, I think when I'm dealing with my own poems or my own book, it was important to me that the design remains fairly minimal and abstract. I'm not trying to illustrate uh, the poems or like, I wanted to give you a feel of what the poem trying to give. It's, it's calm and it's a bit powerful and soft and tender and um, it's, it's it splatters. This is like a uh, copper leaf on cardi cotton paper, uh, a two-mouche binding. So it's soft covers with yak edges. And uh, e even the end papers are decorated with copper leaf. But um, it's much easier to create a design for a whole book of poetry, it's already been like put into a package. This is like, this is the book. And uh, I know uh, the feeling uh, I've put into those poems, but when I'm working on an artist book with text in it, it's like, um, I hardly ever have the words in mind when I start designing the book, they go hand in hand. Uh, I only come up with the words as I go. It's like I go into a feeling and then just explore it and write down some emotions that come to mind. It's like, that's that's how I build my poetry books as well. But the process in those is hidden. It it takes a few years and then it comes from the printers and ta-da, there's a new poetry book. But uh, with these artist books, it's like um, I don't have those two years to think what should I write in this piece. It's like hmm, uh, this. Please clearly need some words here. What should I put here? <laughs> and uh, how do I feel about this? And uh, are these words relatable? Do they mean something to people other than myself? Is it worth sharing? Or is it worth sharing exactly because it's so personal to me? It doesn't really have to be relatable if it's 
important on a personal level. Those are always difficult choices, how to like prioritize personal and relatable. I don't know. I'm not sure if this is what you were uh, expecting to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like like with uh, poetry, most of your answers give me the feel of what you mean. I, mean, I, I like how, how, you, how you think about it. I'm, okay. I'm not I'm not a very uh, like clear with my ideas. I'm just like going along with it and uh, imagining things as they come. But still, as a bookbinder, I'm like super, super precise and all about the execution and uh, perfect engineering when it comes to like those uh, functional issues. Uh, perhaps a, a bit more concrete uh, question. Uh, Thank you. I, <laughs> uh, I know you buy in some journals that I assume you, yes. uh, you sell online, and, uh, but what happens to your uh, artist books? Uh, I, I hardly ever sell my one-off artist books. I don't know why I could, but I'm like, people ask to buy them all the time and I'm like, no, I, I don't think so. <laughs> Not yet. Maybe I'm, well, of course, I'm also dreaming about an exhibition at some point soon-ish. So I don't want my books to travel to the ends of the world. Uh, and then I have to ask them to um, borrow it then or something. So I have done some edition artist books, which I sell, but usually it's like, no, these are my treasures. These are like, I don't sell the originals, so um, you can experience them through photos. And at some point, I probably will start selling them, but at, at the moment, I'm holding on to my babies. <laughs> I'm just emotionally attached. <laughs> it's it's very interesting to hear that because uh, uh, with most of our uh, earlier guests, uh, I, I uh, from time to time I ask them uh, if if it is uh, hard for them to you know to uh, sell their uh, books and uh, their you know precious objects, and uh, mm -hmm. most of them are, are like. Uh, no, we get money. It's fun. It's great. We sort of uh, uh, put our soul into this subject, uh, but now it's time to go for it and for us to focus on something new. So no, it's okay. And and finally, we yeah. have a guest who is who, is, <laughs> who has a different opinion on, on this matter. <laughs> I, I I think it's because I have no problem selling my journals. So it's like I have this part of my craft that I. I'm happy to part with. It's like, take them, give me money. And uh, then these artist books are sort of like uh, the hybrid child of my uh, bookbinding work and my poet side of business. So it's like, I get to sell 
uh, my art in the form of poetry books. And these artist books, they get to stay with me. If it feels like that. Am I, am I right that uh, uh, originally you started with more traditional bookbinding and only after some time uh, switched to uh, artist books or was it a simultaneous process? How, how did it go? Um, I was trained as a traditional bookbinder. I graduated as master bookbinder in 2006 and my teachers weren't really that into aspects. There is like <laughs> there is, there is this are... divide between between traditional bookbinding and, and artist yeah. books. We, we just had a talk with uh, uh, with Laurie Sauer and uh, we just published yeah. it. And uh, uh, there, there will be a second part to this talk where we discuss book structures. And she talks a lot about, uh, you know, uh, trying to uh, to make bridges between artists uh, between the communities of traditional bookbinders and uh, artists mm. book books bookmakers and uh, and that's not an easy process <laughs> so no no it really isn't uh, because i personally as bookbinder i'm really strict about uh, making the journals i sell as functional as possible and they need to have structures that uh, stand to be used like with passion it's like you just toss your journal into your backpack and go and we all know what happens to mm -hmm. those books so you can't just have just any structure uh, or it will fall apart i don't want my usable books to fall apart they need to be the best books possible but uh, then the world of book arts that's where you can explore different structures and it's less relevant if they withstand rough use or not i understand those traditional bookbinders who are really interested in making great books and like yeah, you can with books. Mm -hmm. Those things are allowed, but just keep them kind of separate. Don't just like make make books that can be handled uh, the way they're meant to be in their own context. So artist books, they can be fragile. Journals don't make them fragile. <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting that you have these two heads and they're completely separate from one from yeah. each other. And, uh, do you know how people use your journals? Do they use them as diaries? Do you do they draw in them? Surely they send you yeah. some pictures. Yeah, I guess I guess pictures all the time, and I have lots of return customers who come back to me year after year and. Um, Mostly, it's people just using them as journals, guest books for special events, uh, sketchbooks. Uh, some tiny books tend to go to like grandchildren. So, like grandparents give those little books to their grandchildren and ask them to draw something in, and then you have a picture book by your precious grandchild and stuff like that just like 
pretty normal stuff. Mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have customers who are artists and authors and just like normal people who appreciate their words and ideas and see no harm in writing in a pretty book. Some people are just like terrified. Oh, that book is so beautiful. I can't use it. My, my thoughts are so stupid. I would ruin the book. And I'm like, I don't see there any problem. And you don't, you don't have to have the perfect handwriting to write into a pretty book. You're allowed to have good things in your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good approach. Is this your uh, studio where you work? Mm -hmm. So, um, is it uh, a big operation or is it like a one table? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's tiny. Uh, I'm I'm working uh, in a writer's villa. This is a shared room with another poet. Uh, so I have uh, one desk behind me and some drawers and this one big desk in front of the window, and I have like minimal tools here. I have one backing press that can be used for other purposes as well. But I don't even have a board here or anything. I cut my board by hand. I know it's crazy, but I've I've done it for always. <laughs> I haven't had a board here since school. So it's like eh, you make do. Oh my God, I just Googled uh, Writer's Villa Helsinki and I'm very impressed. Could you tell us a bit about it? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this, is, this is a really beautiful uh, wooden villa. It's 130 years old. Uh, by, this is by a sea bay in the city center. And uh, I'm currently looking at some swans and hoping there will be no ice fishermen on the ice today. There were some yesterday and it terrified me so much I had to leave the office because I was like, no way, I don't want to call uh, emergency services because someone's fallen the ice. <laughs> yeah, but this is just uh, a really, really lovely old building full of studios for writers. I think there are like uh, 10 small, well, small or large uh, studios here just for writers to work in. So I'm, I'm the only one who has a side business. <laughs> Thankfully, everyone's okay with it. You're renting it or is it a residency yeah. pro program? I'm, I'm, I'm renting this mm -hmm. half of the room. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was here first uh, as a resident uh, in a residency program, but then I got to stay here uh, with a friend. So yeah, this is where my uh, latest book was written. It's coming out next week, I think. Wow. So it's <laughs> really, really exciting time. It's my third one. So it it will probably coincide with the moment when this uh, video will be published. My congratulations! What is your new book about? Um, it's it's a lot of poems to portraits, like specific uh, 
uh, female portraits, uh, paintings I've seen in galleries and museums. It's, it's like moments I've fallen in love with some dead ladies <laughs> and <laughs> written poems about them. So it's, it's like uh, affectionate uh, moments with imaginary people. <laughs> I think. Oh, I can totally relate to that. <laughs> I, I have my uh, uh, long, uh, long time lovers in museums all over Europe. Mm -hmm. so. <laughs> yes, good, good. <laughs> it's always good to have a few at hand. If, if, so, if, the, if there will be a link to, to your book uh, when, when it's uh, published uh, and, and uh, available, uh, if you send it uh, to us, we will put it in the description below. So, oh, of course, it will be in <laughs> Finnish, but maybe well, maybe some Finn appreciates me. Well, we, we definitely have uh, uh, Finnish members of our community, mm -hmm. so hopefully at least some yeah. of them will be able to, you know, to uh, get get access to this book. I, I can also see a bookbinding project in here, an artist's book about portraits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm trying to keep my lover a secret. So. <laughs> like, I, I can't share it with you, uh, which, which women I've adored for years. Like, yeah. <laughs> But maybe I'll find it one day. It sounds like uh, choose your own woman and project my feelings onto her. <laughs> yeah. and leave my women alone. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I think it's important in poetry to let readers uh, have room for their imagination. They don't need to know specifics of my experience to enjoy it. I think this would be a great time to talk about another of your projects. Mm -hmm. uh, the one you also made for the iBook uh, Enough Challenge. And it's also sort of a portrait, a self-portrait. What was, so what, so, so, what, so what was the theme for that month? Uh, the February theme was red and uh, my book is partly red uh, <laughs> but uh, it's this book uh, called untitled stockings uh, there's a stocking in the case and a suspender and um, i always think uh, cases and containers are really important parts of artist books that we have sun coming here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is uh, a concertina book. Uh, three parts. Uh, the top one has a mirror. Well, all, all three parts have mirrors and there's lace. And uh, then there's my legs and my hands. So that's a self-portrait I took uh, one weekend. And then uh, there's, again, a scene stocking over uh, a mirror. And the other part, other side has the same photo of 
my legs and hands. And uh, this piece was actually created uh, in a way that I had some extra rules to this challenge. I, I decided I want to take inspiration from three works of art and have very little of them remain in the finished piece. So um, I picked three works I love. Uh, a painting by Helen Scherfbeck, uh, from which I picked some colors. And then there's this uh, sculpture by Croatian uh, or Yugoslavian artist, Ivan Mestrovic. Uh, and that sculpture has really, it focuses on uh, a woman's hand and uh, her feet. And then there's a poem by Honor Moore uh, by, uh, called New Shoes, uh, in which a woman uh, wears uh, sheer black socks and lace. So you can see all these elements in this book. So these are the backstories I hardly ever tell. And I, I like uh, making things harder for myself. <laughs> well, thank you for this backstory. That's, that's an interesting insight in, in the creative process and... Um... Mm. Uh, how did uh, this all ideas come together? Uh, did you draw something? Did you write it down? Did, did you have it all uh, uh, in your mind before you started? Or was it uh, more of an improvisational thing? Uh, I think it's a combination of both. Uh, I, I do scribble notes when I try to brainstorm what to actually do. And um, I usually go through some materials, like, well, in this case, I chose the colors I wanted to work with first. Um, I made some adjustments to those later on, but I uh, looked for materials in those colors I saw in this one painting and then decided that well, these materials can be used in uh, these kinds of ways. It's like uh, the cotton cardi paper can be used to cover uh, this slip case, but uh, it's not really great for like substantial pages. After picking the colors, I bring out all my like random uh, materials like 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 the lace and the mirrors they're from my father's stash um, he knows the kind of presence I like it's like bring me your rusty bits and uh, scratched mirrors and I will turn them into something else yeah I, I think it was finding those three mirrors that started to like uh, lead the way with this structure. So I I like the number three. It's a good 
good thing uh, in an artist book to have three of anything. So um, I think I think the structure came from uh, knowing that I would have to make a book that's substantial enough to uh, carry those three fairly heavy mirrors. And uh, I also wanted it to be book-like so it can be opened and closed. And um, yeah, I, it's usually always a conversation between uh, materials and my ideas. It's like um, they feed off each other and I look for something special in my materials and then I guess a new idea and uh, explore if that could go uh, into my book and maybe it leads into an entirely new path and then I start once again with something new and um, yeah it's, it's always a process I hardly ever have anything ready in my mind before I take out my materials. Uh, I, ca I can imagine your granddaughters uh, giggle giggling <laughs> when you show, uh, show them the, uh, this book uh, in like 50 years and, and asking what those just talkings and where do you take that, uh, that place? I can't believe those are your legs. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy with just me when I'm 80 looking at my legs and say, cool. <laughs> but yeah, actually this this lace I've used here, it's from my great grandmother or great grand aunt. So Whoa. I have all these like historical accumulations in my material stash. How do you read this book? I mean, well, walk us, walk us through it. Where, where is the front? Where is the, the back? Does it have one? Does it have an order? How do how do you feel the structure? Um, well, if 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 you take it from the slipcase, as I've put it there, uh, the lace comes first, and I think the structure of accordion book guides your way to how to use it as a book, and of course these legs tell you the direction in which to hold the book. And I think it loses the backside because there's less visual elements on this one. Uh, but I don't know. I, I think this is just like a feel your way through it. Uh, experience the things that come to your mind when you see these elements. It's like, of course you have some memory or lace it brings mind to some kind of memory and uh the photo is it's my legs but it, it could be someone else's too like um you you start imagining things when you're not given that much guidance into what this is about it's okay. there's there's no 
right way to read this, but it, it guides you through some order in which to view it. Because, uh, even in art, uh, there are elements that pull your view first. It's like um, there's always a direction your gaze tends to go, and it's uh, something the artist is aware of during the creation. You just take a focal point and work from there. But I don't know, is this somehow difficult to read? Mm, there are, it's not difficult, but there are many ways, which is why I asked yeah. you about yes. And, and, and I, I don't think there's any wrong way to read this. It's like it, it's it's like a poem as an object. You, it's okay to feel the things you feel. I also think it has a dadaistic feel about it because it says these are not legs. If you touch, <laughs> if you touch those stockings, you you mm. won't feel uh, flesh. You'll feel mm -hmm. you'll feel glass. What could be yeah. more, the opposite of flesh? It's brittle. It's yeah. hard, and yet <laughs> there is something and surreal about it. <laughs> I'm always blinding you with sunshine right now and and you can do your own reflection from all these it's like you become a part of this piece when you look at it and it's even weirder when i took photos of this and i'm reflected in in the photos of, of this book as well it's like i can't escape myself in this book and neither can anyone else who touches this or uses it in, in, in flesh, in, not in photos. So that, that's an element that can only be experienced live. Sorry, I, I wanted to tune in even even while uh, we still have bells here. Uh, this this uh, this also reminds me of all these memes about people who are trying to sell their mirrors and trying to uh, not not appear in the mirrors by you know uh, putting a curtain on themselves and and making a photo or something like that, <laughs> making a photo from a corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in in a way. Um... I've I've already entered this uh, piece as an exhibitionist kind of, so it's like there's there's no need to escape anymore. It's it's important that you can see me uh, seeing myself or. <laughs> I don't know how 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 to put it there. Uh, it's um, I want to be present as the creator of this piece in those photos of of the finished work as well. It's just not that uh, there's a, a weird selfie of my hands and legs in the piece. It's also that. I'm I'm in those photos of the finished work. I think it somehow actually completes the piece. I haven't haven't really 
thought about this beforehand, but it, it feels relevant to be present in those photos as well. I, I maybe I'm I'm drawn to this uh, sort of like fragility that comes from uh, revealing yourself as an artist, not not like physically, but like emotionally. Um, my work tends to be quite personal, even though it's not like detailed uh, in words. But yeah, it's like I want to share something from my heart, and sometimes that includes sharing who I am as a person. It's like now I'm thinking of the memes where we're thankful of the comments of our flesh prison. <laughs> sometimes this flesh prison needs to be involved. <laughs> Uh, Stefan, do you have anything uh, else to ask? Well, uh, 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 as far as I understand, I have prepared some other books as well to show. So yeah, we're, we're, we've been talking for almost an hour now, and uh, uh, it's it's sort of uh, uh, our time is almost over. <laughs> but, but because because we will have another recording in an hour, and we need, we still okay. need to prepare for that. But yeah. uh, if, if you can uh, show some of these uh, books uh, uh, you prepared for today and we will just try to promptly go through them if that's possible, uh, that would be just great. I, 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 can, I can share uh, Always Not Remembering with you. Uh, I think it's the most relevant to this, if it's a book or not a book. So uh, this piece uh, is from 2019. Oh, it's 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 shiny. It, 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 it's very shiny. Because in the photos, it's not not so uh, under. Uh, well, you you can fully uh, understand it. Yeah, uh, this book has these like mica scales on the front of the case. This is like a cylindrical case, um, and I try not to blind you uh, any more than I happen to do so the book is actually a cylinder and uh also my car here so very very reflective uh so uh there are layers of mica and silk chiffon and uh other translucent materials uh in here so there are like layers sandwich uh, in the cylinder and there's a text you probably can't read at all because of the reflections right now but uh, if you look through this piece you can read the text i forget i am forgetting you and on the outside uh, there's also text mere contusions of darkness and um, this, be this piece is obviously not shaped like a book, but these layers you can view by looking through this piece, I think they are the pages of this book. Uh, 
it's just that you don't have to like leaf through them. There are words on flat surfaces uh, one after another, but uh, you just read them differently from a book with pages. And let's not forget, the Codex is not the only book format in the world. So there are scrolls and things uh, that are still considered books. And not only not the only format, but uh, definitely not the oldest format of a book. Yes, so. <laughs> yeah. exactly. And, and then there's also the fact that you have to handle this book to read the text on the outside of the cylinder. So uh, that's also uh, an interaction required in reading this piece. So, um, yeah, this is like, uh, this is a fairly poetic piece to me about those uh, moments when you forget, you are forgetting someone. Because that's how forgetting happens. You don't realize it's happening and it's taking place every moment in your life. And uh, yeah, this is, this is a very important book to me. And it's not like a book in its format. Do you have some questions about this piece? Well, I guess, uh, uh, I guess that's a great illustration because uh, it definitely tells a story and uh, it definitely feels like a book in this way. And uh, it's important for you in this form and in this shape and uh, in this storytelling format. Uh, and mm. uh, uh, I, I think that's, that's, that's a great uh, uh, thing that we had it for, for the last uh, objects that you showed us uh, because uh, it's, I hope it will, uh, you know, make people to think about what book formats are and what, what are books and what are books aren't. So, <laughs> Uh, thank you. Thanks a lot for that. So we lost Pavel once again for, for some time. <laughs> Pavel, did you have any more questions about this book? Uh, a bit of a technical curiosity. How do you work? How do you work with Mica? Uh, you can cut it with a knife or scissors if it's thin enough layers and it's this like natural mineral that uh, it's formed from like many layers of like really really thin material. And is it uh, is it is it sold as a stone? I assume not. Already uh, in it, layers, it, it, right? It, it, it's in sheets, um, and you can further split them to be thinner and thinner sheets. Uh, just a week ago, I I was uh, at, uh, at the Museum of uh, Moscow History, and they have mm -hmm. a great big window uh, from the 17th century that is all uh, not made of glass, but of uh, layers and layers of mica. Uh, uh, so, so, so for me, it also has this strange uh, medieval feel. To uh, you're looking for, uh, through a window of time on the text. Yes, yes, that's really wonderful. You mentioned earlier that uh, boxes are quite important for your uh, artist books, and uh, mm -hmm. that's that's also something we try to discuss with different uh, bookbinders and uh, bookmakers because. Uh, 
we, we can definitely see that for some of them, books are a continuation of, of, of the book and for other people, uh, boxes are just, you know, functional objects that protect books and nothing more. Uh, do you have this uh, double head uh, approach to uh, boxes that are made for your uh, artist books and for your uh, traditional books, or it still remains the same for, for both, you know, worlds? <laughs> well, uh, I didn't really do boxes for my journals. <laughs> but uh, uh, when when I do boxes for fine bindings, then of course it's a, con a continuation of of the piece. Uh, not, like no question, it needs to be of of the same uh, like soul as the book. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be of um, same materials, but somehow that uh, the spirits of the book continues onto the uh, box or case. And with artist books, it's obvious that um, they are a continuation of whatever's held inside the box. And sometimes it's like almost uh, impossible to separate the two. So if, if these artist books were to be in an artist book collection, one would have to make another box <laughs> to hold the box. <laughs> <laughs> uh, most often for, uh, for design bindings, uh, even if, if the box is, uh, is sort of in tune with the binding, it, it isn't a continuation of the story that is told by the design binding. Mm. Is it true for your uh, design bindings as well, or you sort of uh, take parts of, of this artist book approach and uh, you try to continue the story that was told by, by, the, design, by, by the design binding in its box? Maybe, maybe it's not as like a strong connection with designer bindings as it is with my artist books, but I do take elements from uh, the design binding and incorporate them into the box. Uh, but it's not, they can be viewed separately. I'm, I'm like, I'm not offended if you only display the design binding and don't bring out the case. Uh, but if, if you displayed my artist book, without its case i would be like why did you forget the other half <laughs> because because it feels that uh, this is definitely a place where the worlds of uh, traditional book binding and uh, book arts can uh, uh, sort of interact and intersect uh, with uh, with the approach to book boxes once again not yeah. every not every book binder will agree with me, I guess, or will follow yeah. this approach, but at least there is a chance for, you know, for a dialogue here. <laughs> yeah. I, I often feel uh, I'm at a very strange place in this, like, world of bookbinders that I have this traditional training uh, as a bookbinder, and uh, I value those skills so much. But then I also uh, want to have this area of play and art that is much more liberal than anything that could be done within the realms of traditional bookbinding. 
But yeah, I, I, at some point I made the decision to create books that are meant to be used and not focused on design binding. It's something I do very rarely and just for fun. And then later on, I found this world of book arts that I knew was there, but I didn't really uh, dedicate that much time on it. But now it's like, it's almost as important to me as this work where I bind journals for sale. This is like, um, like this is my mental health work. It's important to uh, exercise my brain and come up with ways to build uh, strange shapes and have them function as book objects and their cases. And that is something that really uh, benefited from my traditional training because I know how to build cases and boxes and I know if I add something to this side, I also need to add something to the other side or it will go disastrously wrong. So it's important for me to have both these worlds. But certainly your books uh, are more experimental than your boxes or were there any especially unusual ones? Uh... Uh, like boxes or, the, well, I have this uh, one magic box <laughs> that, <laughs> that uh, also an artist book. So this doesn't have a separate box of itself. But, uh, there's, there's text uh, you definitely can't read now. Uh, and then there's uh, fingerprints on uh, sheets of glass. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen this work online. This is the, yeah. the, the this is really beautiful. It, they, it's a bit like a, a, muse, a museum uh, object. Yeah, yeah. And yet it's it's a uh, it's your own little uh, museum uh, case. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and this, this is one of those that were like really personal ones. This is like. Uh, my fingerprint and my partner's fingerprint just like uh, staying with me and uh, like barely waking up and I'm just like can you borrow me your finger for a moment I'm going to take your fingerprint and uh, you can go wash your hand later but I'm just gonna do this now <laughs> it's like um, it's an artist book about fingerprints but it's also an artist book about uh, my fingerprints and his yeah, uh, I, I think my artist books, book objects are definitely more experimental than their boxes because uh, you, it, it needs to be that the treat inside is more interesting than its wrapper. You, you want to be surprised by what you find and not disappointed after the amazing thing you just held in your hand. <laughs> you, you need to like uh, understand tension and trauma. I really hope that uh, our
our talk will, will inspire some of the uh, bookmakers, bookbinders, book artists to uh, uh, try something new, to get away from the traditional approach to bookbinding and to experiment with uh, books as, for, as, as a format because uh, there is so, so much uh, stuff there to explore and to, to try and to make new things. So thank you, yeah. thank you very much, uh, Kaya, for this uh, talk and for this demonstration. And uh, uh, it was a great pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for the invitation. It was a pleasure talking with you too. <laughs> Hopefully we'll meet again and discuss your, uh, your future projects, your future books, your future adventures. We'll all have adventures soon, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little while longer, and then it will be just fine. <laughs> yeah, 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 just a bit, just a bit. Okay. Uh, also, thanks a lot to our uh, community. Uh, I, I invite you to check our uh, Patreon account and to join the crowd of our supporters on Patreon because uh, that's uh, the money that comes from uh, from our Patreon supporters is. Uh, uh, what allows us to edit these videos uh, for our podcasts and uh, uh, to move forward uh, because otherwise I just don't have enough time to do all this stuff and we need to invite additional people to uh, for editing. Uh, thanks a lot to our supporters, to our viewers. Uh, like, subscribe, share, spread love and uh, see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.